I think there's also a public sentiment that if you're not a palatable trans woman of color, then it's okay. So there's something that you must have done or the way that you live your life is not okay by society standards or or different cultural standards, that it's okay that your life is dispensable. You mean uh, perhaps if uh, a a trans woman of color may be a sex worker, for example? I mean, it it could be. I I think that trans... We can't assume that anything. Right, right. And yes, and I think that's what's happening is that there's a stereotype that a lot of trans people are in survival sex mode. And that may or may not be true. When you do push people to the edges of society, which is, in a sense, marginalization, people have to survive and survive in the sense of basic human needs, food, shelter. And they have to, to produce that for themselves. And when society is has an issue and employment discrimination is ever increasing, especially for trans people, it becomes really, really daunting when you see these murders. Um, And it's all connected. It's all interconnected when you're talking about um, not being able to change your gender marker on your birth certificate or your license because of who you are and, and the process that goes through that. Socioeconomic status is a part of that. So we usually see homicide and murders in in those marginalized groups. And at this point, I think that trans people, especially trans women of color, are are the the focus of that, of a lot of the the murders and, and the hate crimes going on. What misconceptions do people have about transgender men and women that might be fueling that violence? I think some of the misconceptions are that we can't live authentically as ourselves, that we have to abide by certain gender norms and stereotypes, and that we get what we deserve. And and I've heard that a lot. I've heard a lot of people try to whitewash what trans women and men are and how they choose to identify. And I think that's a really popular misconception. And when you do that, you depersonify in a way the person. And so whitewashing them and breaking them down as if they're not a person makes it violence okay for it to happen. And I think that that is a big misconception that trans people are people too. They want love, they want security, they want comfort. Now we know uh, Police Chief James Craig acknowledged that uh, there are there are more crimes against LGBTQ residents than have actually been reported uh, in Detroit. He also acknowledged that the police need to build trust within the community. What is the big thing they have to do to earn that trust? I think. Starting was the community conversation that happened. I think there has to be a real conversation. And so a real conversation understands that there's power and privilege dynamics at play. The police have to understand that trans people, LGBT people, especially of color, are afraid to go to them because of the police brutality that has happened, um, especially in the area where some of the, the killings and murders happen, that Six Mile Woodward area. I think that people especially the police need to understand that as coming from a position of power to ask a marginalized group to speak up assumes that there's some type of equality going on and there's not. And in order for things to really truly happen, the police have to hold themselves accountable, be willing to accept what LGBT people of color are saying. So when they're saying that whatever tactics 
that they're implementing are not working, then they need to understand that. Um, sometimes I think there's a defense mechanism going mm-hmm. on, um, especially when you're attempting to solve a problem and you think that you're doing the right steps and someone's saying you're not. You could take that personally. Sure. And even if even if that gap is bridged somewhat and the relationship between the police and the community does improve, I have to imagine that there are still challenges for 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 trans folks to come forward uh, to report uh, crimes, uh, even with a better relationship with the police, because there's still you know fear of family or Correct. friends, uh, you know, who may not understand. Uh, what resources uh, are there available, say through affirmations or other groups, to to help folks uh, who are victims of this kind of violence and discrimination come forward and and address it. Affirmations believes in a holistic approach to a lot of people and a lot of issues that are going on within the LGBT community. So with that holistic approach, we work with many partnering agencies. Equality Michigan is an amazing organization that focuses on that advocacy component, and they have um, people that can go and help you report and figuring out and navigating how to report. We also work with Ruth Ellis, which is an amazing um, organization that has a lot of different focuses and are growing, and they house, uh, house by house, I don't necessarily mean houses and physically, but sometimes right. they house community to come and be authentically who they are in their drop-in center and the services they provide, mental health services for youth and a lot of other services. And so through Ruth Ellis, Equality Michigan, um, the ACLU, Jay Kaplan is an amazing resource at the ACLU. And although he may not fully be engaged with the with the murder focus of the the legalities i think that he's a great resource so with the equality michigan the aclu ruth ellis and affirmations you can find some type of service and we work together so we can do referral processes anything you want to add uh, liliana i just want to say that trans lives matter and trans people of color lives matter and by saying that is to personify who we are we are not villains we're trying to live and be happy and love, and we can't keep losing my brothers and sisters. We, we're, I, I truly believe there should be not one more.